Welcome to the Vineyard Church Weekly Message Podcast. We hope you will be encouraged and challenged today as you listen to a message from one of our speakers. Prepare your heart and get ready to receive a word from God today. Today, for this talk, we're going to be in Philippians chapter 1. And if you're new to the Bible, welcome to the Vineyard, that's okay. Philippians is toward the end of a paper Bible. You can look it up easily with an app on your phone or whatever. Philippians chapter 1. And I'll give you a really brief, maybe brief, introductory idea. Uh, This summer I tried something new that I haven't done in a long, long time. I decided on my day off I would play golf with a group of guys, new friends of mine. Here's a picture of the guys that I've played golf with a lot of times on Mondays. And just so you know, if you imagine it looking a lot like what you watch on television, it does not always look like that, all right? But one thing that'll happen every once in a while is one of us will hit a really good shot. I don't know if you can picture that. Like, by the way, a good shot is like on the big round thing they call the green And there's a hole in the green. Those of you that don't know, there's a hole there. It's called the hole, or I don't know, the cut. Anyway, every once in a while, somebody will hit a good shot. Two things that always happen when a good shot happens. First thing, celebration. We make golf guy sounds, woo, and way to go, Hank, and, you know, a pat on the back and high five, and you're awesome, and all those kind of things. So we do some celebration. The other thing that happens virtually every time is, you ready for it? We eventually go on to the next hole. Now, I know this is not rocket science, but does that make sense? We also don't stop there. We go on to the next hole. Now, that brings up, I don't know if it does it well, it brings up an idea that you and I probably face in life. It is that balance between, it'll come up on the screen, celebrating the moment and continuing on. This happens in other areas of life. First thing that comes to my mind is not a great example, so I'm trying to think of another one. Young people, old people, they're looking for a romantic interest. You may meet someone, have a conversation over coffee, go on your first date, and you're on the way home thinking, that was awesome. Well, don't stop there. You might want to get together with them again. Does that make sense? Don't just celebrate, yeah, 23 years ago, I had a great day. Well, what happened? Well, I don't know, you know, didn't want to ruin the moment by, no, so the dating thing, Financially, maybe you, you get your first car, right? You buy your first car. It's a huge celebration. It's awesome. You should also then make the payments. <laughs> you won't have a car. Or uh, some of you will relate to this. If you've parented or you're in the midst of parenting, one of those little bundles of joy, move into toddler stage, and potty training begins. And it... Someone just groaned like ah but some of you remember i hope you remember at some point right little precious jerome actually right comes up to you and says mom i have to go pee pee and you're like 
right? And so Jerome ends up using the bathroom and let the celebration begin, right? All of life is great because you will not have a teenager in diapers. You're like, yes, right? So you do all this celebration, but can I also submit to you as a parent, you're not done. Like, don't just be content with an undiapered teenage, you know, you want to also do other things in your parenting. Okay, yeah, that was a way long story, but all right. It's the tension between celebrating the moment and continuing on. If you don't know, this is part of a spiritual life. Old Testament example, God's people were slaves, and God released them from slavery. I'm sure there was celebration, but they also were supposed to go on to the promised land. We might receive salvation, but we should also press into discipleship and becoming like Jesus. We get an answer to prayer. That should trigger us so that we don't just stop there and we pray more. It's celebrating the moment and just going on. That thought is part of why we landed on our theme for this 25th anniversary celebration. We're theming it Just Getting Started. And we're going to uh, pull a few ideas from Philippians 1 because I think these ideas of celebrating the moment and continuing on are in the text. Tiny bit of background about the text. It's my understanding that this church in Philippi was the first church established on European soil. At least that's what I read. And so I think probably there's some celebration there that, you know, God's breaking into a new area. But we also see in the text that they probably didn't just stop at Philippi. There's more to be done in the area. And so Paul is writing to this church. The writer's name's Paul. He established this church. Here's what he says. Verse 3. He says, I thank my God. I thank my God every time I remember you. In all my prayers for all of you, I always pray with joy because of your partnership in the gospel from the first day until now. Being confident of this, here's a little bit of a transition, transition, that he who began a good work in you will carry it on to completion until the day of Christ Jesus. Title of the talk today is 25 years, just getting started. There's two ideas from the text and also connected with this idea of just getting started I want to dwell on. Before we do that, would you all stand just in honor of God's activity for the past 25 years? We're going to pray. God, thank you for this time, this celebration. We ask for your presence in the midst of it. And by your spirit, open our hearts and our minds to hear your voice during the next few minutes. In Jesus' name, amen. You can be seated. Thanks for standing for a moment. Two ideas connected to just getting started. The first thing, by the way, on your handout, there's a place for some notes. They're not filling the blanks this week, but there's a place if you want to write something down that's helpful. The first idea is just getting started is about gratitude for the good work. It's just about gratitude for the good work. Um, verse 3, Paul starts with, I Thank my God every time I remember you. And then he finishes in verse 6. 
that he who began a good work. Now I'm going to kind of mush those two ideas together. You could paraphrase it. Paul is, I'm so grateful to God because he's done some good things. I'm so grateful to God because he's done some good things. And that statement is applicable to us, to the vineyard, to, to us today in, our, in many of our lives, and for the Vineyard Church over the last 25 years. And so our, our uh, creative team put together a video with some testimonies and some thoughts, some of the things that might remind us why we should be grateful. So take a look at this. My first impression or memory of Vineyard was just the open friendliness and, and the passion for Jesus. My first memory of the Vineyard is just how welcoming and loving of an environment it was the very first time that I came on a Sunday. My very first memory of Vineyard Church is my favorite and I was struggling with knowing if I was good enough for uh, being a Christian and if, if I was doing enough to be saved. And Mark put his arm around me and he let me know that because of grace and what Jesus did on the cross, that I was good. I came here since I was three years old. My first memory of the vineyard. Everybody's nice. We walked through those doors and knew we had found our church home. I remember the thing that was unique about walking into this building was the tangible presence of God Almighty. People in this church during that Chasing God service were doing things that you only read about like in the book of Acts. We feel Jesus every time we walk in the door. One of my first memories of the vineyard is just feeling welcomed from the moment I walked through the doors. I've always felt welcomed and accepted and loved at the vineyard. The biggest impact that the Vineyard has had on my life is the community that I've been provided with. Yeah. It's really changed my life and helped me grow closer to Jesus. We are so grateful for the ministry of the Vineyard Church. Uh, we would not have planted Cornerstone Vineyard Church if it wasn't for the leadership opportunities that uh, Pastor Mark and the team there had given to us to expand and grow in our own leadership development. And so more people know Jesus, more people are experiencing Jesus because of the movement of the Vineyard and Cornerstone Vineyard Church being established, and we're grateful. Yeah, and personally, I know Matt and I experienced so much more of the Holy Spirit um, and learned more about the Holy Spirit being involved with the Vineyard. And our kids all grew so much in their faith. All three of our children were baptized at the Vineyard. So we are so grateful for the ministry there and all that it has done in our personal lives. The impact of the Vineyard on my life has been incredible so far. It's rekindled my relationship with Jesus. Vineyard went on to change my life in an incredible way, both in terms of my relationship with Jesus, reintroducing me to the church again, and I wish you nothing but increased love and impact for many years to come. The Vineyard Church has been so impactful on my walk with God. An impact that the Vineyard has had on my life is it has given me a home church where I feel secure. Learn how to listen to the Holy Spirit by attending the Vineyard and attending many of the ministries and classes. God used the Vineyard to grow me in the areas of my giftedness and also encourage me and stretch me in those areas where I was not so gifted.
has God impacted me through the vineyard? He led me to get baptized this year. He also gave me a heart to serve, especially at the community center. How the vineyard has impacted my life. When I started attending, uh, it was after a divorce and some other uh, areas of mess in my life. Um, and all of the pastors on staff, everyone there was able to sit down and take time with me to open up their office doors at any time. God has definitely worked through the vineyard to help me direct my leadership skills and grow my leadership skills so that I'm not just serving institutions or the people that are in charge of those institutions, but so that I'm serving God's will and working for the people in our community and the world. It has impacted me and my family greatly. Uh, we've all came to know the Lord through the vineyard. It's awakened the calling that God has placed on my life and opened my eyes to that calling. I am so incredibly grateful for the ways that this church and these people have impacted my life. I know Jesus better. I know the voice of the Holy Spirit. I know when he talks to me. I know God the Father in ways I never have before. And now I made some lasting relationships that uh, I'm happy to have. And uh, I'm just connecting with God and I'm happy to be here. Our lives have completely changed since we've been coming to the vineyard. I got a lot of weird thoughts going through my brain. I'm just trying to think whether I should go on a tangent or not. I'm thinking about telling you a story. I got to decide whether I should or not. I haven't in any of the other services. I wonder what would happen. I see I'm going on a tangent anyway. Oh, shoot! I was going to not. One word for hope for the future is trust. Trust what God has been doing for our church. I want to encourage you, in one word, to reach. Continue reaching outside the walls. One word that describes my hope from the church is rise. The love of God. I think the one word that I would say that describes my hope for Vineyard's future is the gospel. I truly believe that the Vineyard will always be about preaching the gospel. I just want to say thank you. Thank you. Thanks, Vineyard. And so thank you, Mark. I cannot say enough good about the Vineyard Church and how it's changed my faith. I pray nothing but blessings and wonderful things in the future. Love you guys. Thank you. Thank you, Vineyard. Thank you. Thanks, thank Vineyard. you. Woo! We love you all so much. Thank you so much. Thank you, guys. We love you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for all that you've done. That's cool. Isn't that cool? Not, not bad. Don't tell me to go on a tangent. <laughs> I can come up with one just in a heartbeat. <laughs> How many of you got your sticker on the way in? How many of you could get the back off of it to actually stick it on anything? Okay. I thought that was a mean thing to do at church. Give somebody a sticker and say, hey, and then, okay, sorry about that. It's a tangent. It's for you, buddy. Hey, up on the screen, in case you're like me and you mostly just watch the pictures of the 
of the video. Here's some of the things that God's done. Thousands of people prayed to receive Christ. 1,200 folks baptized. A million dollars given outside the walls of the church. 40 mission trips. Multiple church plants. 200 plus outreach events to the city. 35 tons of food distributed. That is not bad, you guys. Not bad. There's two groups of people that I want to especially thank and acknowledge in the midst of this. The first group is God. Father, Son, Holy Spirit. That's a group. Small group, but it's three. Just to be clear... Um, who should get the most, can we put that, the, the list of things back up on the screen of what, what's been accomplished? Who gets the credit for that stuff? Who, God, you guys are so sharp. God gets the credit for that. And just to bring clarity, because I think sometimes you can, you know, romanticize and think, oh, it's because of this or that. Or Just to be clear, the church did not get to where it is now because of the the incredible deep skill set of this young couple that that's my wife and I 25 years ago. And some of you are like, she looks the same, but Mark, you look way different. But just to be clear, just to be clear, in case you may hear somewhere, hear somewhere man, that Pope, he's sharp. He knew, he knew what he was doing. This is not what happened 25 years ago. It was not two young, sharp, confident, spiritual giants with clear plans to grow a church to a thousand, plant other churches, give a million dollars away, and have a really cool patio with some fireplaces eventually. <laughs> there was not, can I summarize what happened 25 years ago when this church started? This is the basic, this was our big plan. It'll come up on the screen. Ready? Pretty sure God wants us to start a church. Okay. That was it. Okay. Now, I want to go on just a little point here because it'll be relevant for a lot of our lives. Don't underestimate the value or the power of you and I, when God asks or makes something clear, don't underestimate the value of saying, okay, I'll do it. Or, yes, Lord. Even if it's, I'm scared, Lord, but yes, Lord. It's all through the Bible. Jesus would walk along a, a lake, and he would call the disciples, and hey, come and follow me. And their basic answer, argue, right, was, okay. Noah, an Old Testament example, build a giant boat. Okay. The thought here, it'll come up on the screen, almost all great God moments require a human being saying yes. Other examples, right? He would say to a man, if you don't know some of these Bible stories, he would say to a man, hey, stretch out, a man with a crippled hand, arm, and he would say, stretch out your hand. See, that's a holy moment of opportunity. And the guy basically, okay, 
And then the power of God comes and brings healing. Or he would say to someone, I want to come to your house. And they would say, okay. And it would set the stage for life change. Or he would tell the disciples, well, how much bread do we have? Gather, gather what we have. And they would say, okay. And it set the stage for huge things. I thought of Abraham, who if you don't know about Abraham, he's called Abram and Abraham in the Bible. It's the same guy. Um, father of the faith. Without Abraham, you wouldn't have had the Jewish people. Without the Jewish people, you wouldn't have had Jesus. Without Jesus, you don't have a Savior for the world, the whole world, which includes us, because most of us are not Jewish. Abraham, this is a key figure in the spiritual history of humanity. And it says, the Lord had said to Abram, Abram, he's calling him Abram at this time, go from your country, your people, your father's household to a land I will show you I will make you into a great nation. I will bless you. I will make your name great. I will bless those who bless you. And all the, do you, first of all, do you see all the notice, notice all the things that God says he will do, right? I will do this and I will do this and I got a plan and you're going to be a great nation. Ultimately, this is going to be, ultimately a Messiah is going to come out of this and save. I will do all this stuff. I love at the end where it says, so Abraham went. And to apply it to the idea we're talking about now, Abraham said, okay. Two groups of people, right? I want to thank God. The other thing is I want to pause and say thank you to every one of you. I won't do it to ever. Corey's saying okay. You got, there's so many. I look around, I know I don't know all of you, but I look around and think of all the people in the history of the church, not just the history of the church, but in, the, in, in just the last days, weeks, months, and whenever we say okay, it sets the stage for the activity of God. Don't underestimate the power of when you say Okay. We have some pictures of some people who said okay years and years and years ago at the church, and they're still around. Here are some, right? Now, some of you, you may not recognize these people. I just wanted to recognize Debbie Kabzinski is in the, the middle there. That was one of the original, like, flyers for the church. Debbie's been around the church since we started as a Bible study in the basement. She said, okay. There was another, I talked to another guy, Lee. Lee, you were at the basement and some of these other people, some of you may know, uh, like Brian and Jackie Earl up in the upper left. Brian's on the board. He's taught some at the church. That's Brian with at least a little more hair. Brian, I don't know if Brian's in this service. But just people, and even when I put up that picture, those pictures, I thought, boy, I wish I could put up pictures of everybody. Been around for a long time. A lot of yeses from those folks. But it's not just acknowledging those folks it's those who are newer in the church and you've come and you've said yes this last saturday not just yesterday a week ago came around the corner here there's a door here and i came around the corner before saturday service the worship team was practicing if you don't know you know they get together before serve they get together on thursday and they practice and then they get together early on the services 
And I came around the corner, and over here on this side is a young lady. Her name's Christina. Here's a picture of Christina. And I think it's the first time she's new on the worship team, and I came around, and I don't remember exactly what I said, but I said, hi, Christina. And in my brain, what I try to do with the worship team is I try to come around the corner and say, thanks for, you know, thanks for serving. Thanks for being here, because I know that, you know, she was here Thursday. She's been here early. I know on Sunday morning, she'll be here for three services. They'll come early, right? So I was thinking about Christina as I was working on this talk on Wednesday morning. And I was sitting in a chair in my living room. And I think it was a moment with God, because I thought about Christina saying yes to service. And I began to cry. I just began to cry. And I don't think it was mostly about Christina. I think it was about the countless times you, many of you, said yes to God. Way to go. Way to go. Here's some slides of some people who have served just in the last week at the church. Here's some names. All these people signed in to serve, either as an usher or a greeter, or they helped clean the church, or they worked to, to, they're serving hot dogs. You know, there's that slide. There's the next slide. Did we get through them all? There's three slides. We actually had 12, 11 slides, and I said, you can't, we can't just go through 11 slides. But there was hundreds of people in the last week. You set, when we say yes, you set the stage for the activity of God. Keep saying yes. You guys. As I got emotional about the number of people who have participated in the church, I also had this thought. There's a new thought yesterday. I thought, I wonder what it feels like for God when we say yes. You know, most of God, God's experience is not people saying, okay. I'll do it. I don't think that's most of God's experience with humanity. Most of the time, we're too self-centered. People don't, right? We might think we say yes to God, but we really only say yes to God when it's convenient. That's most of God's experience. I think that's probably why when you say yes, like I, I bawled like a baby. By the way, it was an ugly cry. I still haven't figured out how to cry pretty. It's just ugly. And I wondered in the midst of all that emotion whether God doesn't look down when you say yes and get at times overwhelmed with gratitude because you said, okay. Here's a Bible verse in Luke 15. It's a description in heaven. It says, I tell you there is rejoicing in the presence of the angels over one sinner who repents. I might be stretching this verse. But a sinner who repents... That's, that, it's a person, by the way, you know, we're all sinful, but it's, it's when someone who's sinful, it's when repenting is turning away from whatever we were going to do, a lot of times bad, to good stuff. It's not much of a stretch to say, right, there's rejoicing in heaven over a person when they turn to God and say, okay. I, I imagine him stopping and silencing heaven every once in a while when one of us says, I'll do it. <laughs> I'll do it. I wonder if he doesn't just say, shh, did you see that? They said yes. 
So getting started is gratitude for the good. One other idea, getting started is expecting more. He who began a good work in you will carry it on. Carry it on, God. The word there in the original language looks like this. It means to complete, accomplish, to fulfill further or completely. I think we can all agree the work of God is not completed. Amen? Not done. Do we have enough God in our city? The answer is no. No, yeah, we need more of that. Do we have enough peace in our streets, in our hearts? No, I could use more of that. In our families, our spiritual lives? Even if we're having a great day, most of the time we realize, yeah, I could use more of God. Enough people forgiven? No. Enough people acting like Jesus? No. So, there's an expectation in the church of uh, more activity of God. Going to finish with some good news. I would submit to you that there's evidence that God has not done with the Vineyard Church. Here are three things that came to my mind. Might not be the best things. Three things. Evidence that God is, isn't done here at the Vineyard Church. The first one, I don't know if I should say this or not, but I'm still in. And I look really old, but I'm still in. And so, yeah, I don't know about that. But I am grateful for that. The other, this was in the last 10 days, I had a dream. Every once in a while, God will use dreams to stir up stuff in my life. And I had a dream. I was at the, I think it was the University Park Mall, a mall like that. It was just, and I was walking out of the mall, and there was some kind of a trendy restaurant on the edge of the mall, right? They put, like, cool restaurants on the edges of the malls, right? And so as I was walking by this restaurant and kind of glass and a lot of people sitting in there, there was also a private room that was still glass, and there was evidently, I may share more of the, the dream at some point. There's a family in there, and there was, you could tell, oh, that's a family gathering. And as I walked by, I just felt this tug, this urgency, this worry, like I wonder if that family knows Christ. And this is just all in the dream. And, you know, I did the walk by, and I did the, I wonder if they know Christ. And then I was like, well, they're having dinner. You can't interrupt. Well, maybe I could talk to them. And I, I did this thing back and forth. I still remember vividly, like, putting my hand on the glass door, like, I think I'm going to go in and talk to them about Jesus. Now, long story short, I just remember being in this tension and feeling this heaviness of, oh, my, don't people need, you may have a great dinner, but if you don't have Christ, that dinner's not going to be all right. I remember, and in the dream, I began to weep outside of the restaurant with a heart for we've got to keep trying to share Christ with people. And those moments for me are helpful. They keep me moving forward. I'm not done. The next idea is we have a great staff. This tells me that we're in a good place with God. Some of you can do this right now. You can look up there and think, that guy that girl God has used to impact my life. You may not know them all. I think we're in a good place to keep moving forward. This was a fun fact. Did some math on our younger leaders, coordinators, assistant directors and director, ministry directors in the church. Average age, 29, which made me think of Jesus started his big ministry at 30, which made me think of we are well-placed to do some phenomenal things. 
We have a great staff. The other thing I would note is significant progress, even in the last year, that, that for me, maybe not your life, this has been the most, comp, most complicated last year and, a half, year and a half ever in my life. COVID and politics and this and that and blah, 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 blah. Hard, not an easy year to try to make a difference and do ministry. And yet, even in the midst of the complexity, some things that God has done started a school of ministry. We still baptized 93 people, started a car repair ministry, opened a community center. Praise God that, we're, that we didn't just sit around and hope for survival, but we're still, God is still moving forward. And one piece of information that we it's time to share, I shared it in only just a, a, one me, a couple meetings, but no big meeting like this. Regarding our community center, that's where our community center is. If you don't know where this is, it's totally okay, but a lot of you will know. Community center, uh, we asked uh, our city officials uh, a year and a half ago what neighborhood needs our help, like the most help. And this is where they said, like right here in this picture. So that's where we rent some place, the community center. This place to the down and to the right is an open lot, so this will be fun news for you. That lot was just gifted to the church in the last two months as a piece of property. It's wonderful. You want to know what we're going to do? Me too. <laughs> but I'm glad for it, even though I'm not, we're not exactly sure. Of course, we've got some ideas. But you know what that tells me? God's looking down, and he has plans for us as a church. He's not done. So to recap, right, we're, gratitude, we're grateful for the good work. We're expecting more. Thanks for listening to the Vineyard Church Weekly Message Podcast. We pray you were impacted by this message. God bless and see you next time.